The Office of Management and Budget released some final policy earlier this month, updating many of the requirements for identity and access management. The Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation, or CDM, program figured heavily. Through CDM, agencies will shift their defenses from the firewall to the endpoints, or the edges, of their networks. Kevin Cox is a CDM program manager at the Homeland Security Department. He tells executive editor Jason Miller more about how new policy and CDM do tie together. When we started identity and access management in CDM, we were focused on really four basic things. We wanted to help agencies understand all their credentialed users, all of their privileged users, for those users, uh, what level of training they had, and then what they had access to. So we were working to make sure agencies had those basic levels of understanding in those important areas. What we realized as we were doing the work with identity and access management that agencies uh, had a need for broader support in identity and access management. They, they had a need for a broader capability with life cycle. So when a user comes on, what do they have access to as their job changes? What what are the changes around their access? And when they leave, are we sure that they have been removed from the, the systems, et cetera? So we are starting to broaden out our offerings to the agencies from a lifecycle standpoint. But we've also taken a look at the federal ICAM requirements to see where CDM can help support uh, the agencies meeting those requirements. Now, we're not, CDM will not be positioned to meet all of those requirements, but where appropriate, we are working with the federal ICAM team as well as the agencies to help potentially bring CDM services to meet these requirements that the agencies have needed to meet for a number of years. It seems to me that the memo doesn't really change too much of guys what you were doing. It mm-hmm. just kind of puts it in, if you will, some hey, here's the memo where you can point to that says CDM, ICAM. I mean, there's a lot to that memo, but it seems a lot of it was just repeating kind of what was already been in place. Is is that the case for CDM in the most part, or is there some new requirements, requests, emphasis? Based on my understanding, based on my interpretation of the memo, it's it's not necessarily anything new other than positioning CDM to have a larger role in, in supporting agencies to meet the requirements that have been out there. How much more can you talk about the shared services, RFP, RFS that's coming? What's the difference going to be between what you guys do now and what's the new one going to look like? Just like the other defend orders, we want to make sure that we're not only supporting the small and micro agencies on asset management, identity, and access management, but give them the availability to help with network security management and the, for the HVAs in these environments, making sure we can get the ability to protect them in, in, in those environments as well. So we're expanding out to all of the CDM capability offerings uh, versus our current uh, shared service platform is just identity and access as well as the asset management. But we also want to make sure that we've got full protections around that shared service environment. We're looking to, right now we're in a moderate cloud, we're looking to take that up to a high uh, baseline in the cloud, make sure we have full uh, security operations protections on that environment, uh, continual monitoring on that and some other features. And, and so we're going into advance notice of the draft statement of work. The, that will enable the vendor community to do, go through the due diligence process if they have questions, and then we'll finalize the statement of work and go out uh, this summer. Cox was then asked about zero trust and how that concept fits in with the CDM program. 
We've had a number of conversations in the last couple of weeks on that. There are a number of agencies that are looking to do at least a pilot with Zero Trust. We have looked at the CDM architecture and have worked with our research uh, partners to transform the CDM model to align with Zero Trust. In many ways, it's not a, a huge transformation. It's just emphasizing certain things differently than we do today. In other ways, we're having to uh, make sure that we're focused more on some of the identity and access than, than what we had been emphasizing before, uh, some new things in those spaces. Uh, and then in terms of looking at the data elements from a continuous monitoring standpoint, what are the data elements in a zero-trust environment that we would want to capture to give the agency full visibility in terms of how well their zero-trust environment is working, protected, et cetera. So at the end of the day, what we have found is that we can make the CDM model work for a zero-trust environment. It's just a, a matter of adjusting some things, emphasizing some things differently, and then moving on, uh, being in alignment as they're putting the zero-trust environment there so that we can help fill the continuous monitoring pieces that they need from a cyber perspective. You mentioned at the very end of the, the speech about pilots going on with, I think, GovCar? Or uh, well, so GovCar is... Uh, but it was pilots. There was a couple of new pilots with some agencies, but... Yeah, with the, the data from GovCar, the, kind of the advanced threat activities. We're working with one agency in terms of some enhancements for their security operations environments and, and some additional visibility uh, on, on the advanced threat side. Uh, we're talking to another agency to start a pilot in regards to advanced threat down at the host level, endpoint level. Uh, the one thing I, I didn't bring up today is that we have started a pilot in the, the Capability 4 area, data protection management with one agency on three high-value assets to bring data loss prevention to those environments. So more to come on that. And I imagine you can tell us who the agencies are. Not right now, yeah. We've had a principle where when we're dealing with some of these more sensitive environments that we we don't want to broadcast that out just from a – so the adversary doesn't know that they can target certain environments. So, uh, But there may be a point where we will be able to – Reveal because I mean I guess the pilots are, are point of a pilot to see what works what doesn't Precisely. To, to, to then expand it out and and to get lessons learned start, starting small getting lessons learned from the tools we're deploying processes we're deploying so that we know how well we can expand those out uh, to other HVAs or maybe we need to shift gears and go in a completely different direction but yeah is there timing around these like do you hope because i know you said 2020 priorities start to really expand out these capabilities yeah so are you trying to get them done by there's hundreds of hvas high value assets across the federal government so what we're looking at in 2020 and beyond is really which agencies which high value asset system owners are ready those are really what we found the most ideal environments for starting anything because they the system owner the agency is welcoming they they really see the benefit of what we can bring uh, and then really getting some successes there and then being able to broaden out from there the other thing that we're looking at is each hva environment is going to be a slightly differently some of these are legacy systems so they might require uh, larger changes architectural changes micro segmentation and things like maybe even considering a zero trust environment so it, it really depends on the size of the work uh, and what, what we prioritize to really start in on in 20 and beyond. 
Kevin Cox is the Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation, or CDM, Program Manager at the Homeland Security Department, speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 